Welcome back to another one of these wonderful floorball interviews. I am here with the one and only Chelsea from McFlurry Power. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I, I'm doing good. I know uh, you're actually going to be the only one that we interview on Zoom, which is interesting. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you're in a different country and everything. So that makes yes. a lot of sense. So I want to start off by letting the people know, like, who you are and where you live and what you do. Um, I'm from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Um, I am a hockey trick shot artist sort of thing. I've never played floorball before, but it hey. was sure. <laughs> you, you did well. Um, okay, so walk me through how you got into the trick shots and really just hockey in general growing up. Um, I started playing hockey when I was three years old. So oh, wow. <laughs> that would have been 18 years ago. So I've been playing for a long time. And when I was 13, I started flipping the puck on my stick. And now I'm a viral <laughs> sensation, as some might say. You literally say that so casually. Like, uh, you know, I just I just started like flipping it around and it was just like, woo, cool. Like awesome. Like, no, you're you're really talented at it. But <laughs> going back to when you got into hockey, was there a reason you started so young? Was it your family members? Is it just like a normal thing, like growing up where you're from? Yeah, I'm I'm from a really small town, so that's the main thing in this town is just the arena. So my parents put me in skating lessons and I was okay at it, so they put me in hockey, put a stick in my hand, and okay. yeah, my dad only played, was the only one that played hockey. My mom did not, so. So this is probably a very silly question, but I'm going to ask, do you grow up skating on ponds, like frozen <laughs> ponds? Is that a real thing, or is that just like in movies? <laughs> like No, that's a real thing. <laughs> okay, okay um okay so you grew up playing hockey you started really young you started doing trick shots was and that was just something you were doing for fun and you just decided to start filming it how, like walk me through how like why you decided to put that on the internet yeah I mean when I was 13 there wasn't really social media so that wasn't really a thing but I thought recording myself I was like oh my god I got that thing I got it down so why not record it and then I eventually made a Instagram page and okay. just randomly started posting for friends and family. And then I quit in 2019 because I went to university for hockey and then I quit that. So then I went back to this and now this is when it started blowing up. And okay. now I'm here. <laughs> so when you decided to give up the whole trick shot thing and go play, like, was that a hard decision for you or is that just something like oh like it's silly I'll, like it's just a fun thing to do like on the side like this going to university and like playing is a bigger deal like was that kind of where your mind was at with it all yeah I mean the university thing didn't work out so I kept in school and then I was like ah, I still have a talent so I might as well just show it why yeah. not 1000 percent. so I know and this is probably a topic that I think a lot of people could resonate with is just loving a sport so much, going to school for that sport, and then maybe not necessarily falling out of love with it, but realizing that continuing to play wasn't for you. Like, 
Walk me through that process for you and that decision that you ultimately made. Yeah, well, it was kind of in COVID and my coach was a very horrible <laughs> coach. So that's always a story. <laughs> I know, I know. So it made me really fall out of love with the game. Like I did not want to go back. My parents pushed me to keep going. So I tried the trick shot thing again and it made me fall in love with it even more than when I went to university so like when I see hockey now I enjoy it more than I used to so yeah I I feel like the feeling for athletes when they go to college and they have a coach or even in high school or growing up when they have a coach that makes them fall out of love with it like being able to find something that makes you appreciate the game again is like it's it's very rare and it's really fortunate for people that do find that so I'm glad that you found your trick (laughs) shots again but what so what was it like when your first video blew up and what were you doing well I was doing a trick shot and it was to that weird song where it's like jiggle jiggle it folds oh yeah yeah (laughs) So and everyone else is doing a dance and you're like wait hold yeah. up hold my drink yeah. I got this one <laughs> yeah exactly and I posted it and it had maybe 50 views and I was like ah whatever and then I woke up the next morning and it had over a million views and I was like wow this is crazy and then next thing I know I have 20,000 followers and it was crazy that's but it insane was, so yeah. like when you woke up and it had that many views was I asked Nikki Cass this, and I think it's a really interesting question for people who go viral on social media. Was it instantly like a level of pressure of, oh, okay, so does that mean every single video I do has to get like a million? Like, what were were you thinking during that? Or were you just kind of like, oh, this is fun. Let's keep trying. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, like having a million views and then your next video also does well because people are then stalking your page and they see all the next videos but then it sort of goes downhill well this is for me at least it went downhill there wasn't very much happening and then my Instagram took um a lot of there was a video that went viral and then my Instagram was doing really well and then TikTok wasn't doing well so it's just like back and forth all the time and it's it's stressful but I'd like to just keep it to be fun you know like I don't any stress to be on me just because nothing's going viral but yeah yeah I think that's one of the things that's really hard when you work in social media and you create content for a living where it's it's normal to put a lot of pressure on yourself because I think that's just the nature of the business but it is so hard to just like (laughs) consistently remind yourself like let's zoom out let's look at I'm just making a video for a yeah, living. Exactly. like that's fun okay I don't need to cry about this being yeah. awesome, right yeah. like so you were one of the women on the floorball teams and these videos are actually going to come out beforehand so we will try not to give away any spoilers of what happens in the tournament but how did you get contacted for John Boy Media to come be a part of it? What were your feelings and what was your first impression of the warehouse? <laughs> well, I had the John Boy Media Instagram page reach out to me and it was in my lost and hidden DM. So I didn't really see it for like a long time. And then I saw it had a check mark. So I was like, this might be important. So I opened it and it was 
John Boy. I didn't really know what John Boy was then. So then yeah. that was cool that I got to, and I think it was Sam that had reached out to me. And yeah, I flew to New Jersey and the warehouse was literally insane. Like I can't even, like you can't say anything until you see it because it's just amazing in there. How, how many days before did you decide that you were coming? Wasn't it like a week or like two weeks or something like that crazy? Yeah, it was a pretty short amount of time. But yeah, I made it there. (laughs) The fact that I give you props, Sam and I actually talked about this during warehouse week. (laughs) I give you so much props to being able to just be like, yeah, sure. Let's see what happens. Let's go spend (laughs) a weekend with a bunch of strangers in a warehouse. Like, why not? You did it (laughs) so well. And you blended with your team really well. So you were on a team with some very interesting characters. And from what I gathered a few days ago, you guys are still in a group chat, which is crazy. We are. What was your first impression of all of your teammates? Well, I knew Nick from a previous event, so that made it easier to come into this thing. But Steve Dangle and K-Mac, I had no idea who these two were. And K-Mac looked like... (laughs) Um, a rowdy guy so I was excited to meet him (laughs) the fact that uh the and this isn't giving anything away but the first interview you did was a pregame interview with K-Mac in the kitchen involving ice cream (laughs) you blended so well you matched his energy so well (laughs) at any point did K-Mac freak you out or scare you in the slightest because it's okay if it did (laughs) No, he didn't. Honestly, my uncle that passed away reminded me so much of him. So it was nice to connect with him in that sense because yeah. they're pretty similar. So having him there was fun. Yeah, I love it. Okay, so zooming out, then back to you being in the industry that you're in. I mean, you're essentially in the content creator hockey industry. Would you say? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, so. I know that there are a handful of women in that industry, but not a whole lot. So what what are some of the things that you think are are kind of the hard parts about being in the industry that you're in being a woman and maybe some of the like beneficial things? Because I do think that if you are not a huge hockey fan, it's really hard to kind of break into that niche or know what's going on, really. Yeah, Yeah, I would say uh, it's kind of hard I mean with what I do it's always you can't use this in a game whatever but then it's also that you're a woman you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't even have a hockey stick but then it's like I see the beneficial the benefits of seeing young girls see my videos and that they can try this out so it makes it easier to know that there is younger people watching and wanting to try hockey or even try what I do yeah that is really yeah. cool. I can imagine like just knowing, yeah, there's an entire younger generation that's like us not validating it, but kind of making like the crappy parts a little bit more worth it. Yeah. So with you and what you're doing, what are some goals? Like what are like dreams that you want to hit? Like, what do you want to do with this? And I know that's such a cheesy question, but like, I, I feel like you're living your dream right now. So what do you, where do you step up from that? Yeah, I am. I don't even know because I've been to a handful of events and those have been dreams as it is. 
and there's more events coming up and I'm super excited for those to happen but like I don't know where to go from here there's just I've I'm living in a dream like you said and I don't know how to get out of this dream or how to stay in it forever (laughs) try to stay in it forever I think you're on a good path right now for that like do you think you'd ever get into coaching do you think you would ever like get into like maybe training or like teaching young women and young kids things? Or do you think you would want to just stick with like creating content? Yeah, I actually have my own private sessions with kids in my setup in my house. Um, And I'm also head coaching U13 girls this year. So So you're already doing those things too. What are you not doing? So you're going to school, you're creating content, you're coaching, you're doing private sessions. <laughs> You're flying to New Jersey for random tournaments and warehouses. Like what what are you not doing that you want to do then? Nothing. Like I really am living in the dream. Hey, you know what? I I don't think that there is anything wrong with that and truthfully I think that is a great point to end this interview on. So if you want to see more of this wonderful person, be sure to tune in to the floorball tournament that is going to be on the JM Warehouse. Bye, guys.